You're listening to the YCA Podcast. This is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA Podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In more simple terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA Podcast. We hope you enjoy. Welcome, and thanks for listening to this edition of the YCA Podcast. This is Cam Willis, and I am your host today. We are recording this episode of the YCA Podcast from Fort Willis. In these next few episodes, myself and other coaches will be talking about being an assistant coach. We will share personal stories and insights, positive and negative, throughout this series. We will be joined by numerous guests over the next few episodes, so stay tuned. But for now, let's spot the ball. And welcome to segment one of today's episode of Being an Assistant. This is our part one of the series that we're working on for you guys right now. This is the opening kick. So, obviously, we've got Coach Brett Fields here, Coach Stephen Davis here, and myself. Um, Coach Fields, just kind of opening segment here. What you got going on this week? Yeah, so we are getting ready to play Sumter High School in the second round of the 5A Lower State Playoffs. Um, today is election day too. So we had practice this morning and just trying to start this pod, start this new part of this pod right here. So who else we got in the lab today? Yep. So, uh, coach Steven Davis is here, head coach at Timberland high school, got his baseball program in the middle of the off season. Coach Davis, what's going on, man? Hey man, how you doing? Glad to be here today. Um, so we just finished up our first part of open season practice where we can be on the field. And right now we are just trying to get in the weight room and get bigger, stronger, faster. There you go. So, and for myself, uh, Berkeley High School, we won in the first round last week against St. James. And we are headed to Fort Dorchester to play the Patriots. Actually moved up to tomorrow night due to the weather. But that's kind of what we got going on. So, there's our opening kick, you know, short and sweet. And we're going to get into the good stuff here with our segment two. What's up? Coach Willis, I just want to shout out real quick. Okay. Uh, G-Rap is not power. Yeah, <laughs> that's a shout-out to our good buddy, Ben Beck, who was supposed to be here today but could not make it. Well, they have a playoff game this week, too. So Yeah, so obviously still in the playoffs. Coach, Coach Ben Beck is the offensive coordinator at Lamar High School. They're playing who, – who are they playing, Coach Fields? They Johnsonville? the no. Baptist Hill uh, Bobcats, I believe. Baptist Hill, yep. So he's probably watching film or something right now, you know, getting ready. Thinking about how he can run G-Rap and say it's going to be power. Yeah. So anyway, Coach Ben Beck and then Coach Caleb Strickland was also going to try to join us at some point, but they have practice right now. He is at Somerville High School, and they are getting ready to take on Carolina Forest. So No, Lexington. I'm sorry. Take that back. Lexington. So Carolina Forest is a potential next-round matchup, I believe. But anyway, he's not here. They're not here. They may can join us later on in one of the shows, maybe with a call-in or something like that. But anyway, that's our opening kick. We're going to cut that there, and we're going to move on to our segment two, which is the first play. All right, so this is the first play segment. So the first play, just kind of the first topic or question that we talk about. Scripted, by the way. Yeah, it is scripted. All you OCs out there are scripted. Yeah, we don't just come out here and just randomly talk about stuff. And we probably could, and it would it'd probably be funny. But, oh, yeah. you know, we're going to script it a little bit, try to be professional here. Um, 
So myself and Coach Fields in a recent episode talked about when we first got started coaching and we, when we knew we wanted to be a coach. So we've got Coach Stephen Davis here. He's the head baseball coach at Timberland High School. So we'll kind of just – I'll kind of give you like a little background from the episode from before, and then we'll kind of throw it to Coach Davis about his personal moment, okay? So, again, I was in high school. I played three sports growing up. Uh, my senior year in football, I got hurt. And my head football coach came to me and was like, hey, I need you to help coach quarterbacks. I was depressed. You know, I was going to miss the rest of my senior season. And, you know, he kind of said, hey, I need you. And I felt important again. So I coached my one of my teammates in my position that I played. And, you know, I had a great time. I enjoyed it. And when he had success, it made me feel awesome too. So that was kind of like the little backdrop there. That's kind of where I knew I wanted to become a coach was when I got hurt in high school and I was kind of forced into it at the time. And, you know, here we are. So Coach Fields talked about his. He'll give you like a little background and then we'll throw it to Coach Davis. Yeah, so uh, coming out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I was kind of at a crossroads, uh, started going to college and had the opportunity to follow my head coach when he took a new job at Berkeley High School and started out as a B-team guy, and honestly, there wasn't really a moment I knew when I wanted to be a coach. It's just kind of something that I tried and I liked, and we, you know, kept moving on, and, and now we're here now 11 years later. So, uh, Coach Davis, how about you go ahead and let us in on your own um, experiences? So, I, I learned that I wanted to be a coach when I was in college, my freshman year of college. My alma mater, I had a a, a good career at my alma mater at Bowling Springs High School. I played baseball there. I wrestled. I played football. My senior year, I just played baseball. And when I graduated, um, the college I went to, they had a student fair in the gym. They had all the clubs. You know, the Amarillo people were there. And I met a guy, shout out to David Langster, Coach Lank, who ran the Amarillo's. And I got to talking to him, told him who I was, where I was from. And he was coaching the 16U baseball team at Bowling Springs that summer. And he said, well, I need some help. Let me read. Would you want to be interested in helping? I said, yeah, I'd like to help. So we both reached out to my head baseball coach. And he was like, yeah, we would we would love for you to come help. And so I helped that summer. And I remember calling my mom after the first practice. And I said, this is what I want to do. I want to be a coach. I want to be a teacher. And my mom taught for 32 years. And she said, yep, I knew you were going to want to be a teacher. Um, I have an older brother who's not a teacher. But mom taught, her mom taught, her mom's mom taught. And so she said, I knew it would be you. And um, I just knew from then I, I wanted to be a baseball coach and I wanted to be a teacher. And that's how that's how it got started. Yeah, so and kind of like a little side story, uh, Coach Davis and myself both went to USC Upstate. We met through – uh club softball team i believe we played you know old old athletes that can't play no more they go play softball That's and right. golf so yeah we started the softball thing now we're playing golf um but you know the coaching aspect has brought all of us together here like i, I know coach brett fields through coaching you know davis and i you know i came down to the low country and you know just through coaching and feelers out there I, he was we were able to get him down here too so now we're all down here in the low country and, and, you know, we've kind of started from an injury or, you know, interest or 
Go ahead, coach. When you talk about learning how to coach when you're in high school, I had the same experience. I just wasn't injured. I just, you know, was on a very good baseball team, and I wasn't one of the guys that was in the spotlight. So I got to see everything that went on. I was a part of the infield practice because I was helping the coaches. I was a part of the outfield stuff because I did play outfield, and I was in the bullpen because I was a pitcher. I was, I got to see a lot of the aspects. So when I when I got on the other side of it with my head baseball coach, he's like, man, we – we knew you would fit because you were learning how to coach when you were here as a player. So it was an easy transition. I even, so I coached, I helped coach that, that summer ball team. And then in the fall, the the head coach I had, he's like, Hey, will you coach the fall ball team for me? So I was a head fall ball coach at 21 years old. And it was just, it was an easy transition because I just took what I learned from all of them and just, and just, and ran with it. Yeah. So, and especially with the three of us sitting here, um, we all kind of started earlier than most people start just because, you know, there are there are coaches that play at the highest level and then they, they quit playing at the high level and then they start coaching. Well, you know, obviously we weren't Division One athletes and we loved sports growing up, but we kind of – that's kind of where we got our start. But we were able to start coaching at a younger age than most people do. So, um, you know, again, that's the first play segment. It's kind of a short and sweet segment. We could go on and on. We'll talk about more stuff as we go on in the podcast different episodes and different experiences, you know, here and there, but that's the first play. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll get right into segment three. So hold tight. All right. This is the third segment. This is the triple option segment. So how this works is, you know, triple option. It's three. We're going to have a topic or a question and we're going to have three different, I guess, answers or your top three of this or, top three of that. So that's kind of how it's going to work. So for today is the episode, obviously where it's being an assistant. And so the question that we're going to ask in the triple option segment is what are your three top characteristics of a good assistant coach? Um, again, I, you guys want to do it. You want me to start or how you want to go there? Um, I can start. All right. Coach Fields. Knock it out, big dog. Yeah, so um, our answers are probably going to be pretty similar, to be honest with you. Uh, it's not necessarily because we're like-minded. It's just when you get enough experience doing this, you kind of have some things you're looking for. But I'm going to answer this question kind of looking towards um, if I was a prospective head coach and I'm looking for assistance, this is what I'm looking for. So my first characteristic is uh, dependability. So – I see a problem with some of the staffs I've been on or, you know, just listen to other people that you might have a assistant that's jam up, but he can't show up every day. Right. Or necessarily show up when he shows up, he's not really there. So he may be physically there, but mentally he's on a whole nother planet. You know what I mean? So dependability is probably number one for me. Can you show up every day? Okay. Uh, number two, for me, is probably just going to be a guy who's willing to work hard, all right? And that's an easy, cliche thing to say, but I'm talking about the guy who, is he going to complain about what's wrong with our program, or is he going to work towards fixing it, okay? Is he going to do things like if he sees a piece of trash on our practice field, is he going to pick it up? If he sees that a water boy needs to be plugged in, is he going to plug it in, right? If a kid has a helmet question, is he going to try to fix it himself or is he going to try to push it off on somebody? Uh, Little things like that. Okay. So 
And really for the third one is somebody who's just willing to learn, right? Willing to grow. Not a guy who's going to sit there and say, well, I know everything and this is the way we're going to do things and I'm going to do it this way and that's it. But also the other side of that, I think is kind of understated is the fact that you don't want somebody going, well, you know, I'm just a village idiot and this is all I know. Because I think coaches kind of find themselves, especially with football in that, right? They're they're like, oh, I know everything. I, I'm perfect. I know everything. You're not going to teach me anything. Or they're on the whole other side where they're just like, no, all I know is up front or all I know is the back end. I don't know anything else. Um, so I could go on for a while with those characteristics or qualities, but that's kind of what I would look for in my top three. Yeah, so that's that's three, and, I, and I'm probably jumping in front of Coach Davis, but just because Coach Fields and I have kind of some similarities here, I'm sure Coach Davis does too. But, you know, Coach Fields said dependability, and whereas I said accountability, which okay. it's pretty much the same well, kind of kid, concept. That, that could be different things with them itself uh, too. Well, uh, they also, you hear coaches say availability is the best ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Um, so real quick, you know, obviously yeah, that's not – one is for me is loyalty, uh, and just just from personal experiences, you know, I've I've coached for different people, and and you know they've always talked about being loyal. Like someone made the comment, I, I think one of my former bosses called me one day and said that a coach called. I was he was a reference of mine. And he just wanted to let me know what kind of reference he gave me. And he said, I told him that you were loyal to a fault. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, you're loyal. Like, if that's your head coach, like, if he's your boss, you're going to do and say what he says to do and say. And I, to me, that's like, you can disagree with some philosophies that someone has. But if they're the person that is your boss or they're ahead of you or above you, you have to be loyal to them. And the fact that they asked you to do something, you need to do it. Yeah. So that's kind of where I came up with loyalty. The second one was um, accountability, which is where you kind of did the dependability part. So kind of the same thing there. You got to be held accountable. Like, can I count on you to be here on time? It, can I count on you to, you know, teach your kids what I'm asking to teach them and things like that? Yeah. And then the third one was the willingness to learn because – like you said, if you come into it and you think, oh, well, I'm a quarterback, I'm just going to coach quarterbacks, and then that's all you're ever going to focus on, you're probably not going to get much better as a coach, right. you know, moving forward. So that's my three things. Try to keep it short and sweet. It's loyalty, accountability, and your willingness to learn. So, Coach Davis, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to go a little different route. I like work ethic is number one. Like I really want to know how hard you're going to work before I want to know how much you know. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of coaches around here, a lot of head coaches that'll they want to see if you're going to do the laundry, if you're going to paint the fields, if you're going to pull string. You know, are you going to do those work ethic things that that come in and show show you want to be there? So I like yeah. work ethic first. Um, my second is availability, which we already talked about. Are you going to be there? Because in you can't show up once a week. I mean, you you gotta you gotta be there, and then. Um, my third is a little bit different from, again, what y'all said, but I want my assistant coaches to have a voice. Like, I want your opinion. Like, I, if you don't come into this profession not knowing anything for right. the most part. Right. There's guys that come in there. They may not – again, they need to be willing to learn, 
you know, some different things, but they have some kind of knowledge for most points. So, and I, and I want to hear that. I want to see a different perspective. I want to know kind of what you're doing differently. So I think that it's, it's work ethic, being available and, and having a voice are, are my three things. Yeah. And, and so like, we've all been assistant coaches in different situations and, and things like that. So we bring different aspects to it. So if you're someone that's listening to this and maybe you're thinking about getting into coaching or you've been coaching a little bit, just some of the words you know, that we talked about was dependability, accountability, willingness to learn, loyalty, work ethic, availability, have a voice. And Coach Fields, what was your number two? I, I was trying to write it down, but I didn't catch it. Oh man, I have a quarterback's memory, so <laughs> so um, no dependability and really kind of the work ethic, um, the willingness to work. How hard are you going to work at your job? Um, you know, and I guess in the segment two, the most cliche thing people say is "grow where you're planted," right? Yes, and that's a big thing with assistants, especially in football in high school. You're sitting there saying, man, I, I, I'm ready for a coordinator spot or I'm ready to be a head coach. And what you're doing is, is you're doing a disservice to yourself, your kids and your head coach, right? Because uh-huh. you're not just getting better at being an assistant. Yeah. So again, we're never going to sit here and pretend to be the experts. No. Obviously we're just sharing our personal experiences, our thoughts and insights yeah. and, and things like that. And maybe you can take something from it. I mean, We've all been assistant coaches. Coach Davis is a head coach now. Coach head Fields has been coach. a coach. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, and Coach Fields but has I've been a coordinator. There. So. I've been at the bottom too. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but I like that kind of a, a good way to end it is grow where you're planted. Uh, 100%. You know? I mean, can't say it enough. Yeah. Be so, where your feet are. Yep. All right. So that's the triple option segment. And we will move on to our next segment, which is kind of a fun little segment. So hold tight. All right, this is the two-minute drill segment. This is a fun little segment we'll do. Won't take long, hopefully no more than two minutes. But two-minute drill, got some questions for the guys here. I'm just going to ask them, and they're going to get into it, answer it. We'll just rapid fire. You guys ready? Let's do it. Let's All do right, it. here we go. Two-minute drill starts now. We're going to go with Coach Fields. I'm mean, sorry, Coach Davis first, and then wrap around. All right, heads or tails? Tails. Heads. I'm going tails. Tails never fails. All right, number two. Take the ball or defer? Defer. Take the ball. Ooh, I'm an offensive coach. Defer. And I'm a defensive guy. I will. That's another time. Depends on who we're playing. <laughs> where we're at. All right. Uh, number three. Sleeves or no sleeves when it's cold? Sleeves. No sleeves. I'm not sleeves. trying to be tough. I'm a pansy. I'm not trying to be tough. <laughs> sleeves. All right. Favorite run play? Counter. Oh. Cheer up. That was Ben. No. <laughs> Power counter, baby, all day long. Um, I, I was gonna say counter, but I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just go quarterback draw, just to be different. All right. Uh, favorite coverage, man. Pattern matching. Ooh. Okay, that's just tough. What is my favorite coverage? How do you look at it? Is it favorite coverage? I like going. Oh, this against? is a two-minute drill. We're wasting time. <laughs> okay, answer um, the question. Your defense coach right now. Cover six, quarter, quarter half. All right. Um, let's see. Chicken or pizza? Pizza. Chicken. Chicken. All right. Uh, paint the field or cut the field? Cut it all day. Cut it all day, baby. Uh, <laughs> I, 
I mean, if I knew you how to either cut, one. if I knew how to cut you it, I would. Either one. Does what that guy do either one? I, of course I do. I painted the field. I painted it by myself last year. All right. Anyway, all right. Last one here. Favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. My birthday. It's not a holiday. <laughs> it is today. It's not a holiday. When's your birthday? Seven Eleven, baby. Seven. That's two good numbers. My baseball and football numbers. Exactly. All right. Mine's Thanksgiving. All right. That was two minutes. It was 2.02, 2.03, and we are shutting this segment down. All right. So we have made it to our final segment. This is the air it out segment. Uh, one of my favorite segments, obviously, I, I chose air it out because I'm a offensive coach. But that doesn't mean I like to air it out anyway. Aired out segment, it's for the bigger topic or topics for the group. A little bit more discussion time. We might ping pong some stuff here and there, you know, talk about some stuff, open dialogue. It's kind of a round table type deal, right? Yeah, now. yeah. Something not just quick answers, might be a little more in depth. But so, a uh, couple questions we'll start with here for our part one of being an assistant, the aired out segment. Here's the question. All right. Think of one assistant coach that you once played for that you loved. What made that coach so great in your eyes? Now, I will say you can say names or not say names. That's up to you. I, it is what it is. Yeah. So uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right, go ahead. So one of the favorite coaches I remember playing for, and I've reached out to him. He was one of the first coaches I reached out to when I got my head coaching job at Timberland. Um, coach Hughes at Bowling Springs. He was a infield coach, and I just remember his energy and his relationship with all of us. He was always upbeat. He didn't have to say a whole lot. He didn't have to go out there and and, and coach every play and do all this. But I just I remember his energy, and he played ma- uh, major league baseball, so he was from Dorman. His his numbers retired at Dorman. And I'll, I'll never forget, he talked about playing against Nolan Ryland. And we're like, Coach, well, what was it like to play against Nolan Ryland? He's like, well, boys, you can't hit what you can't see. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but he would all – it didn't matter who we were playing. And the bigger the game, the more he tried to keep us relaxed. He would always say, hey, I want to beat these guys more than I want to beat the Albuquerque Sand Nats. Like, he would throw out some random minor league team, and he just – he just showed up and did his job. Like he, I feel like he was probably the perfect assistant coach because he knew his role. He knew what he needed. He wasn't the pitching coach. He wasn't the head coach, but he was the, one of the senior guys on staff. He was probably older than the head coach and the assistant coach. That Two guys that I still have a lot of respect for. So talking about who my favorite you know, assistant guy is, whatever, this, there's a bunch of them, but this guy always sticks out to me. And – he would hit fungo to our. I remember he hit fungo to our shortstop, and he only say a couple words. Every about three or four fungos. Be like that, boy. For good back, you know, you know, you've seen those coaches that hit the fungos and could probably hit it in a trash can from two hundred yards away. <laughs> Just was electric with the fungo. And, and Coach Hughes, if you ever get to hear this, I've reached out to you, you know, a couple times and have a ton of respect for you. But you were always one of the favorite assistants that uh, that I got to play for. That's awesome, man. Um, Fields, you want me to take over? Yeah, go ahead. All right, right, so um, mine is is going to – so he was my head football coach as a middle school player, 
as far as football coach, and he coached me in basketball. But then he moved up to the high school and was an assistant coach when I moved up. So I actually spent seventh grade, eighth grade, all the way until I graduated with this guy being a part of my life and, you know, my teammates' lives. And that's, that's Coach Charlie Jenkins. Um, I'm pretty sure he's not coaching anymore, just retired, I think, from coaching, uh, was the head coach at Whitmire High School for a little while. But he coached me in football, coached me in basketball, was the receivers coach when I was on varsity. Um, and, you know, at that time, I didn't know if he knew what he was talking about or not, but that wasn't what was important. Um, he he was one of those coaches that, you know, he would, you know, cut out newspaper clippings of when you scored 15 points in a basketball game and, and give it to you, or he'd laminate it and give it to you, or he'd post stuff on the bulletin boards for the players to look at, and he'd take kids to to camps or, I mean, so many times over his career, he's taken a kid that couldn't get into a division one school when he's taken him to Georgia military and helped him get on campus, get in front of those coaches and, and help them, you know, change their life. I mean, he's just a great dude. Um, I used to love playing. He would open the gym for us on Sundays and we'd go play pickup basketball and he and I talked junk to each other. I mean, He's kicked me out of basketball practice before. I mean, I'm hard-headed. I was hard-headed, and he, he'd say it too. And we, you know, we're both so competitive. But, you know, we butted heads a little bit when I was younger. But as I got older, I really appreciated the energy and the effort that he brought, you know, for the kids, for us. Like, it again, X's and O's-wise, I wasn't smart enough to understand whether he knew what he was talking about or not. I'm sure he did. He was on some great staffs. And but that wasn't the impact that he left on me. It was the fact that he could carry on a conversation with you. He cared. This dude, I remember when I was playing uh, Dixie boys baseball and, you know, I'm looking at the fence and, and Coach Jenkins is standing there. He came to watch me play baseball. He never even coached baseball, but it was awesome to see him there at that game you know, just to come watch me and some of our other teammates play baseball during his free time. And he just went over and beyond for all of us all the time. And he's a great dude. He cares about people. And that's, you know, obviously one of the, you know, I'll never forget what he did for us. And I've, you know, I've still kept a relationship with him today. You know, we played golf together. You still can't beat me, Coach. Not even I, close. I, I met Coach King at yes. the coaching clinic. And yeah. I could tell he was very genuine and y'all's conversation because we walked. I was like, "Who was that?" And you're like, "Man, that was Coach Jenkins. Man, that's a good dude." And I was oh. like, "Oh, I could tell. Yeah. Great dude. I mean, he he and he's won state championships before. He's been on teams that have won state championships. But he treats the starting quarterback the same as the third string kicker. That's just the kind of coach that he is. And he's always been someone that I've looked up to. So, Coach Jenkins, if you ever do listen to this, man, I appreciate you. And and I could say this about a lot of the coaches that I played for. It's just I spent so much time with Coach Jenkins from seventh grade to twelfth grade. He was there in a very important part of my life. You yeah. know, that's that's a from seventh grade to twelfth grade, that's a lot of change that goes on. And he was there for all of it. So that that would be that would be my choice. Yeah, so just to kind of reiterate that we're talking about the segment because we're talking about how 
to be a quality assistant, you know, no matter the sport. And you're hearing some of these words that these guys are saying, and it may be some of the things that we've already talked about, and they're going to correlate for a reason, right? This is why we're kind of answering this question. But uh, for me, personally, I didn't play really any sports until high school football. I played a little bit of baseball um, in middle school, just not really knowing what to do. That's a sight. Right. Coach Fields um, playing baseball? I'm a lefty. Um just, you know, just FYI, but I was cut the first year at Cane Bay and I was like all upset and I realized I was trash. Okay. Let's be real. Literally just left-handed. So I went out and tried and coach Todd was like, bro, this, this ain't for you. But uh, regardless, my answer in this would kind of just be my position coach in high school, uh, Gary Christensen. He's an awesome guy and somebody that I actually got to work with for a long time and has grown me a lot as a coach. But not not only necessarily just him um, on that Cane Bay staff. Understand that Cane Bay High School, when it first opened up, um, we were coming in from multiple places. We were coming in either from Berkeley High School or Stratford. So not only was like it a new team, it was a staff growing together too. Um, it wasn't all, you know, somebody didn't move their whole staff over when Coach Cruz came over and got the job. He kind of he brought Coach Christensen along with him, but it was kind of a melting pot as well. And um, really those guys as a whole, as a whole high school coaching staff, were very memorable and guys that I love to be around. And it's a different relationship now in 2022 than it was even a little bit ago in 2008, 2009. Like I would almost say, and Coach Davis and I have talked about this, I was really scared of my assistant coaches in high school to say really anything to them. Um, and now, man, these kids will just come up and say, I mean, go to a Cane Bay high school football practice and watch these kids come up and like almost shove me to the ground, just joking around with me or come up and give me a hug and stuff like that. I would be so scared to do that um, back when I played, but to get back to the, the real answer, man, I mean, coach Christensen, I was a little tiny uh, kid that, played offensive line and didn't really work out there. So I tried to play defensive end. I wasn't really quick enough or athletic enough for that. So they kind of just had to find a spot for me because I didn't have anybody else. So um, I played a one technique and got double teamed a lot and had to learn a lot about leverage. Um, the guy next to me was 270 pounds, and that's something that me and Gary honestly kind of just joke around about from time to time now. But – Talk about somebody that, you know, just loved as far as being a player and him being an assistant was he gave me an opportunity to play and kind of showed me some confidence in myself, right, that I didn't really know I had. And on top of it, man, like I got the coach of that guy. Like that guy kind of groomed me as a coach as well. So uh, really him and then that whole staff, the whole first staff at Cane Bay, I mean, so many memorable moments with those guys. And I work with two of them now, you know, being at Cane Bay. So. Um, I know I went around and around there on a simple you, you, answer. You but. Hit on, no, but you hit on something about, you know, coaching with a coach that coached you. So I'll go back to Coach Hughes. And this isn't always easy, by the way. Just, when, I, when, I, when I went back to coaching and I hit on this when I knew I wanted to coach, when I took over that travel ball team. Yeah. So David Lancaster, who we talked about, he couldn't be there one weekend. And Coach Lipscomb, the head coach, he's like, well, I don't want you taking this group by yourself. So Coach Hughes was my assistant coach not even a year after playing for the guy. Yeah. And I just felt so – it just – I was like, Coach, like, 
he's like, no, man, you're the head coach. You you go. I'm like you you're in charge. You, right. He's like, I'm just here to facilitate you. Right. And I and it just like it it blew my mind. I'm like, this guy's been coaching me for yeah, you know, five or six Can years. Coach circles around me. And, and now, yeah, and he, and he, it was funny because you know it's it's it we, I it was a little trial ball team, whatever. We it was young guys, so they were learning. I just remember him arguing balls and strikes the whole time. Like <laughs> he didn't do nothing but just so mad about us throwing so many balls, so many balls, and I'm like, it was just it it came full circle. I got to see it full circle. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about. I got to see it come full circle. Yeah. I got to be a, a guy that played for these guys, and then I got to coach with these guys. And seeing the way they talk to me differently from when I was a player to where I really, really understand, like, hey, I'm these guys' colleagues now. Yeah. And that different conversation that you have with them compared to a player as a colleague and just the difference. It's weird, man. It is, right? Yeah. And it's like a take – you've got to take it in and take a step back, like, Man, you were just telling me to run polls like two years ago, yeah. and now you're sitting there. We're game planning together. Yeah, and you're asking me what I think, and you're asking me like, right? Well, you know, you did. Oh, that was a good job doing that. That was a good call there. And you're like, well, I learned it from you. Yeah. Like, so it just—it's funny how it all goes full circle. Well, it, just like listening to you guys. I mean, y'all have been able to do something that I haven't, and it's coach with someone who has coached you i've always you know thought it'd be cool to actually coach well i guess i coached with coach farmer but he, he was varsity and i just kind of right the ninth grade team but it's different and you know you're talking about coach christensen you know our mm -hmm. time together at berkeley i spent around coach christensen as well and he, yeah he's a good dude i call him uncle gary so yeah that's my uncle gary so uncle gary and uncle mike if they ever do listen to this i don't think coach ward even knows how to get to a podcast <laughs> probably not but he'll <laughs> listen to some t-pain for sure <laughs> but yeah so um I, coach christensen's awesome uh miss working with him and that's cool that you guys have been able to to do that with some coaches that you played for it's, it's a pretty neat deal um yeah so that's Question one, and we've got another question that we'll jump right into here. All right, here we go. Second question of our aired out segment here. Uh, again, that's our final segment of the day, and we'll finish with this question before we get into some closing remarks and things like that. But question two, and this is, again, this is being an assistant. This is what it's about. All right, what are your most important roles slash responsibilities as an assistant coach? So it's a good question. Uh, they've kind of started out and I'll kind of start this one out. And it's, again, we can talk about this, you know, and I'll pretty much every episode if we want to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what I'll start with is, and we, we kind of hit on it in other episodes and this episode too, about being an assistant coach, characteristics, qualities. For one, it's, you gotta be accountable. I mean, again, if if and Coach Davis had brought up availability, like if you're not there, you're not going to be a good coach. So for one, you have to be accountable. One to your head coach, he's got to be able to count on you to be there and do your responsibilities. All right, and then the kids have to be able to count on you as well. Yeah, right? because you have to know it, who you are exactly. Like if you're not there, how you know? So that one. Um, <sighs> Another one 
like as far as roles, responsibilities, and I, I'm I feel like I'm I'm not gonna steal Coach Fields' thunder because I know he's gonna say this in a little bit, but you have to be the best position coach that you can the be CEO of your position. Uh, and so I, again, I don't I'm not stealing Coach <laughs> Fields' thunder because we've I talked about this before, um, but again. You have to go out there and do everything that you can to coach your position. It is not my job to complain about the quarterback throwing the ball high if I'm the wide receivers coach. And we all do it at some point. You may do it in your head on a Friday. You all will complain at some point. I've done it before. Absolutely. But you've gotta, you can't be the constant with yeah. that. You can't be constant. And you can't group up with other coaches and do it. Absolute like you cancer. You can't be that guy's like, well, why yeah. is the offense slow down? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't do that. Um, yeah, I mean, again, and we're going to ping pong some stuff here. but And the last thing I'll say is you have to build a relationship with your kids. And, you know, being a position coach, being an assistant, your kid, and Coach Tannehill said this, I'll never forget it, when I first started coaching for him. He said that the kids are going to be able to find out if you're full of BS or not. They're going to be able to see through whether you know what you're talking about or not. So that's, you know, again, you need to be a good position coach. Make sure you're over-prepared, not under-prepared. But you got to be able to build relationships with those kids that you coach. Because if you build relationships with them, like my situation with my assistant coaches I play for, you trust them and you know that they care about you, I'll You're gonna go out run there. through a brick exactly. wall, dog. You will go out there and yeah. fight till the end for those guys. Yeah. Um. And so that's just a couple of things that I'll touch on. I don't want to say a whole lot because I know you guys are going to add to what we're talking about, and we'll, again, we'll ping pong back and forth some stuff. I'll add. I'll add to that because as a head, as me being a head coach, I tell my assistant coaches, "Hey, I'm going to be the head butthole guy." Yeah. Like you need to have that relationship with your assistant coach because when I'm the one that's cutting them down. You have to be the one putting your arm around them. So when you say that you want to run through the head, run through a wall for your assistant coach, it doesn't like not that they're going to tune out their head coach, but you know a lot of times that's what happens because he's the one that's yelling all the time. Because you got to be that guy as a head coach. Now it doesn't mean he doesn't have a relationship with them too. Yeah. You know. So I'm just saying, yeah, I, that is huge for an assistant coach is to have that relationship with your position group because you can't get hammered on by your head coach. And then your assistant coach does it too, because then you're going to tune out everybody. And you just that, that's not a good recipe there. Um, for me, I'm going to be real cliche. I'm going to make it a big umbrella. Whatever you can do to make your head coach's job easier is what you need to do as an assistant coach. Yeah. And that's a real big umbrella, real broad thing. But, like, hey, if, if, if you need to pick up laundry that night, you need to do it. If you need to paint the field, if you need to help paint the field that day, you need to do it. Whatever, whatever you can do to make your head coach's job. And sometimes that's being a filter for parents because you, you can get a gauge when parents come and talk to you. And, and I remember this when I, where I was at coach Daniel was like, well, what's your responsibility as a head coach when it comes to parents, everything until they start talking about playing time. When they start talking about playing time, that's when you say, Hey, well, you need to go to the, talk to the head coach, but just about everything else you can diffuse before they get to them. Yeah. yeah. And your head coach is going to be like, oh, I didn't have to deal with that, you know, that little bitty fire. Now, once it gets to playing time, as an assistant coach, that is not your role. Well, and I'll kind of interject a little bit because, I mean, I'm Coach Coach Brown, Coach Jerry Brown, I mean, he's won 
hundreds and hundreds of games. And he said something similar to what you just said is when the head coach gives you a responsibility, be so good at it that the coach doesn't have to worry about that no more. And that's, that's kind of what you're talking about. Like yep. if your job is to, you know, make sure the laundry's put out or your job is to paint the field, then don't the coach, the head coach shouldn't have to worry about it. No you more. don't need to show up that day and be like, dang it, why the field's not painted? Yeah, exactly. You, you have to make sure whatever you again, whatever the role is, you do it. And because I was, I was a JV head football coach where I was at. And so my job was to make sure the head varsity football coach didn't have to worry about JV. Whatever little fire I could put out, I had to put out. Now that's knowing the line between when you need to need to include him. Like, hey, this is this he needs to know about this so it doesn't go over me and go to him, and he's blindsided by it. Yep. And and that you know that there's a fine line there. Yeah, and y'all y'all know that. But I mean, I'm again very cliche on it's an umbrella of things. You know, whatever you can do to make your head coach's job easier. I was a varsity pitching coach. You know, for my and. Again, whatever I could do, whatever, hey, I need you to do this. Okay, I'll go do it. Whatever you felt like made his job easier is what you needed to do. Yeah, so, like, I'm looking at Coach Fields over here, and he's, like, he's on the edge of his seat. He's ready to drop some knowledge. So, we're, we're going to hard gonna, hat Put your hard hat on. We're going to give him the floor here because he's so ready. I think we got a couple of hot takes right here. I will disagree with Coach Davis, and some of the guys I've worked for have said opposite things and what he's saying about parents. I don't want assistant coaches to have to deal with parents. They have so much on their plate anyway. Like a head coach should have to deal with any parent issue other than a basic question that they ask. Okay. I don't want my parents having my assistant coaches, cell phone numbers and stuff like that. Other than if there's a serious situation, right? Like, but assistant, you have to do so much now for honestly, so little pay, even if it's Georgia high school football, like in your assistant, compared to a soccer assistant in Missouri, like you don't, you don't want Davis so here laughing, but it's the truth. Like you don't want your assistants to have to deal with parents. I think the other hot take, and we're kind of agreeing here is some assistants are going to take this as, well, I'm not a yes man. And coach says he doesn't want a yes man or a do boy or whatever. That's not what coach Davis is saying. Coach Davis is saying, if your job is to freaking paint them fields, then you better paint those fields. Like, like making your boss's job easier is a problem that I don't think society understands nowadays. That's your job. Like everyone has a boss and you're trying to make your boss's job easier. Okay. But I think a big deal with roles and responsibilities, Coach Willis and Coach Davis, is finding out what your role is to begin with and doing that. So like when you get that job, things you need to ask are like, how do we how do we paint fields? Who does laundry? Um, when you get on a new staff, no matter what the sport is, we talk about football a lot because that's what we love, and that's what it, it's a big staff. A football program's a big staff, right? It takes the most management. Yeah, because you've got seven, eight, ten, twelve guys. Like yeah, you have three, to learn how to manage all those two things. or three different teams within the program. Like so, we're talking mostly football here with being an assistant, but find out what your role is. What is your role? That's part of it, communication. So once you find out what your role is, then your job is to do that role to the best of your ability. Don't be the DB coach like Coach Willis is saying, worried about why is offense calling this on a Friday night? Like, Yeah, it's not your job. Put blinders on and be the best DB coach you can be. And two, 
they've already said most of what I'm going to say, so I'm not going to sit here for 30 minutes and ramble. But when you are a position coach, your kids need to be an extension of you because you are the head coach of that position. Well, people say that head coaches' teams, the players, are extensions of their personality. It should be the same thing with the position group, right? So, like, you try to ask my defensive line some basic scheme questions, and they're going to be like, okay, like we asked in film, okay, they pull both guards outside. What is that defensive line? They all go, buck sweep. And we're all like, what kind of concept is that? They're like, pin, pull. I mean, it's stuff that you should be – educating your kids on the sport you know what i mean their their position group um you're not out there just being the assistant coach wasting indie time so you can get to inside and not have to coach anymore that indie time or that time you just have your position group you should love that you should eat up every minute that you have of that okay so i feel like as an assistant coach like what's your role responsibility first of all you got to find out what it is and then try to be the best at that and only do that okay Like, sure, you can think about, I want to be a coordinator, right? So, like, I can think about other things that I'm not necessarily doing, but do that on your own time. Worry about that stuff on your own time. When it's your head coach's time and your program's time, your job time, worry about what he's told you to do, you know? And I feel like people don't do that enough. Yeah, and, like, I can say, too, like, sure, it's, like, you you may want to – have input here and there and stuff like that. But there's ways of going about that. Like it's, if you're the receivers yeah. coach or you're the DBs coach, it's not your job to worry about somebody else's position coach or yeah. position. Like, yeah, sure. Maybe you want to be a coordinator and you need to learn about the front end and the back but do end. do that on your own exactly. time. And there's don't ways to Don't be worried do about that when your group sucks. I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? Yes. Like, don't be worried about that. And I have another hot take. I guess I'm the hot take guy. <laughs> I will just say this. Some guys, some guys, sometimes when they're the head coach of another sport and they're trying to be an assistant on another sport, they get too wrapped up in that. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. So just for example, if you were the head basketball coach and then you get on a football staff and you're the assistant and you're worried about things that you shouldn't be worried about other than your position group. Like, I feel like, when you have some power, it's very hard to get into another role. And I yeah. know we're talking about how to be an assistant, but just something to look for. You I mean, it, it's tough, Coach. I know I'll let you kind of wrap it up here. Um, it is tough because, I mean, again, I, so now I coach. I'm a head golf coach. But yeah. let's be honest. I mean, it's not as demanding as some of the other jobs. But being right. a head coach and then going back to being an assistant can be tough. Yeah. Like, it's tough because you're used to calling all the shots – to now you can only control so like certain things within right. your job. So it is tough. And I'm, I feel like Coach, Coach Davis has got a, a point he wants to hit with you. I just want to circle back to the parents. Yeah. So you said you were talking about how you never want your assistants to have a talk with parents. Yeah. The parents feel like assistant coaches are more accessible than the head coach. So they're their first, and I feel like how are they more accessible? Because they they're the first, they're their position group guys. They're the first ones off the field. They're the most accessible. They're the ones they see. They're the ones that are monitoring the kids while they're outside and stuff. So, but also for me, because I am a head baseball coach, I want my assistant coaches to be that buffer for me between parents. That if they can squash the little little bitty things where they're trying to come, well, I want to go talk to the head coach. Okay, what do you want to talk about? 
but we want to talk about playing time. Oh, well, he's not talking. He's not doing that right now. You need to set up appointment through the athletic department. That's kind of things I'm talking about as an assistant coach. Like, oh, well, well, you want to talk about, well, well, we're working on this scheme. We're working on this. Well, why isn't he playing? He's like, well, that's the conversation you need to have with him. But you got what Monday through Wednesday at 7 o'clock in the morning yeah. is when you got to talk to him. And then they leave, and then most of the time they never go – they never pursue that with the head coach. Right. So that that's kind of what I was talking about as far as the position coaches, your assistant coaches being a buffer for the head coach so they don't have to put out all those little fires. Some yeah. of those fires the, the assistant coaches can put out just by just by deterring them because yeah. then it makes them put more effort in. Right. And they've already they've already put out all their effort right there. Yeah. And it didn't work out. So then they they never come back again. But I just – that's just my closing point on that. Yeah, and so we'll, we'll kind of wrap this this segment up because, you know, we, we don't want to get too long here. But uh, I think what we're trying to kind of make hit home is, you know, show up and, and be the best assistant coach that you can be and focus on what you can control. And, you know, it's not – if you're not a coordinator, then don't worry about the whole entire defense. Or don't offense. worry about it. It, yeah. it. It's it's a cancer, man. Yes. It's worry about cancer. worry about getting your guys to be the best that they can be, right. and then you know that that's kind of where we're going because the the whole episode is about being an assistant, and you know we're just trying to give our insights and inputs there uh, about what we've experienced or what we've seen through other experiences. Yeah. And that, that's just kind of where we'll kind of wrap this segment up. You guys got any other little tidbit on the air it out session here? Um, I, I think that's it, man. I mean, and we're not saying never worry about advancing in your job. Just worry about that on your own time and like sure. open that up and we'll have segments on stuff like this, but open that up to your head coach, but do it in the off season. You know, be like, coach, I'm I'm in a spot like I want to be a head coach. I, I want to be a coordinator. But tell him that when he's got less to worry about and yeah. maybe he's got time to help you. Right. Like, don't worry about that in season when you're trying to do a job. Yeah. Well, that that end of the year conference you have with your coach, hopefully everybody does that. Yeah. You, end of the year. What What's your goal? What are your three – what are things that you did good this year? Yeah. What are some things That's you want to improve on? Not in like, August. What is your goal in this program? Yeah, yeah. sure, absolutely. So, and and I'll, But it all boils back to what? Communication. Yeah. Communicate, communicate, communicate. So I'll end this segment. Again, uh, I'm Coach Brown. I'm coaching with Coach Jerry Brown now. Uh, he's the Shrine Bowl head coach this year. I'll give you a little Jerryism to kind of close this little segment out. He says, if you want a greater role, make your role great. And, and that's true. You know, so if you want more, be the best at what you're supposed to be good at now, and then yep. you'll get more responsibility. So yep. that's kind of where we'll close this out. We got one little bitty segment coming up, and that is our overtime segment. All right, we've made it to the final drive here. This is our overtime segment, final drive. Anything that we, you know, want to revisit, last thought, opinions, questions, possibly, that's what we'll kind of hit here before we shut this thing down. So – Today, for the final drive, we actually have a question on Twitter. Uh, it is a special teams question, okay? And I thought, well, you know, we've been talking about being an assistant, but this is a good time, overtime, talking about something a little bit different. But this coach, uh, I mean, this question comes from Coach Gist on Twitter. Um, and his question for everybody is special teams, specifically kicking off without that traditional deep ball kicker. So I think what he wants to know is, I guess what would you do or what would we do or what I don't know. It's just kind of Coach Fields. Let's let's talk about it. 
So a uh, couple things here. That's kind of a big question. If you know anything about kickoff, but I think I know where he's going. So at Cane Bay, we've got a guy who can boot it in the end zone every he can time. Take it to the back, All right. To the uh, here's the problem with that though. Real quick is when he doesn't put it in the end zone, your kickoff team is normally real surprised. Okay. <laughs> But yeah. they're high school kids. But anyway, getting back to it, I think there's a couple things you can do. You can normally try to find some space where there's some open space. Maybe you can pooch that ball or high kick that ball. Maybe try to get it to land in there. Or you could find a kid um, in that back return, no matter how they have it set up, a guy that you maybe want to try to kick it to, try to get him to muff that ball or fumble that ball. Um, normally, a lot of times there's a guy on kickoff you don't want to kick to. Okay, just overall. Yeah. Um, like, there's a guy for Sumter, I'll be honest with you, we, we do not want to kick to this guy. Okay, you just want to kick away from him. Um, a couple other things that I've been a part of in the past is, like, a straight-up watermelon. You don't have a kicker, so let's kick that thing in open space and make it take a weird, stupid hop and try to get those guys to fumble that ball or maybe not even get a return out of it. And honestly, when it comes down to it, if you don't have that big-time kicker, um, you've got to coach the crap out of your kickoff team. Um, you've got to really get those guys on high alert and understand that's a special teams is a huge part of the, the game. And, I mean, that's huge. I mean, it could be the first drive, and you screw up a kickoff, and that offense is starting at midfield, okay, or even on your side of the field. That, that's bad. I mean, that's a terrible way to start off the game. Um, that, that would kind of be my answer. And honestly, in my experience, too, don't kick it in the middle of the field the way yeah. most kickoff teams yeah. are set up. Yeah. Kick a directional kick. If the kid can at least do that, that can help your kickoff team because most kickoff returns are wedge style and they want to run through the smoke anyway, you know? Well, and, and I can, you know, Coach Brown has given me the opportunity to coach kickers a little bit the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and we haven't had – the traditional deep ball kicker that like coach guest was asking about. And, you know, what we've tried to do is we, like you said, coach fields just talked about finding some weak areas or finding some space. And what he just talked about was we try to eliminate a half or a third of the field. Yeah. So, you know, we may go right hash and we may sky it left and try to get the, the return team to fair catch. Yeah. And if they don't fair catch, you know, we're trying to squeeze it down so, you know, you can you can pooch it, you know, you can try to sky it, you can squib it, yeah. do things like that. But not, you know, kind of going off of not just the kicking part, but you're talking about is your landmarks, yeah, the kickoff team. Like you have got to rep it, rep it, rep it. I mean, if you kick it, you know, sky left and you got guys not running their landmarks and you one little crease, eh, it's to the house. So, you know yeah. – Again, I'm not well versed on special teams, I'll be honest, but just dealing with the kicking situation that we've had, yeah. you know, we, we try to sky the ball, try to kick it high. You can try to make them fair catch. Uh, and then you can squib it because, again, if you can squib it, and if you can at least squib it in the direction that you want to, you can at least, again, eliminate maybe a third of the field. Yeah. Like if you got everybody, we're going left, everybody's going to bump down one landmark and we're going to go that way. So you can do that. Um, I, you know, other than that, I don't really, again, like I said, I'm not as well versed in the special teams area. So I don't have any other insights as far as that goes, well, Coach I, Davis. I think your three biggest hold your breath moments in coaching high school football is the kickoff, punt, and punt return. Because <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. So yeah. 
you talk about Coach Brown giving you the opportunity to coach kids. Well, last year at Timberland, I was coaching the punt. I fell into coaching the punter. And so, like, but I, I mean, we had our linebacker kicking off last year, and he kicked off this year. So, but it was, for us, it was hit your landmarks. Yeah. Hit your yeah. landmarks. Yeah. And we repped how to make the first guy miss, blow up the second guy, get through the wall, because everybody does a wedge, right? Yeah. But you can't get blocked by the first guy. And so we just we repped it. We repped it. We repped it. We repped it because it, it can really change the game from the very beginning of it. And yeah. that might be the difference in winning or losing the ball game. So I like the squib idea if you can't kick it deep or if you can you can really challenge them with the landmark. And when you do it in practice, put a trash can out there put a guy on that landmark and say, yep. Hey, this is where you this is where we want to go with it. So, yep. you know, and it, and that can still be a weapon because they're not returning the football. Yeah. You're not giving them a chance for a guy on an your team. Explosive playmaker. Yeah, a, a guy on your play. team to not be in the right place. You yeah. don't even have to be an explosive guy, but you got a guy not in the right place or a guy gets blown up on a block, you know? So if you have a guy that can do that and can put it on a, put it in a trash can, and make that guy fair catch it at the 20, 25, 30, you know, then, then that's not a bad, a bad thing. Yeah. And so uh, that's kind of, we'll, we'll, you know, we're kind of getting a little, the time constraint here, but so coach Gist, thanks for the question. We appreciate it. I uh, hope we gave you some kind of answer. I mean, maybe you can get with us at some point and, and give your insights as well. And again, as we wrap this thing up, you know, we're always looking for people to, you know, send in questions or send in topics that we can talk about, things like that. So feel free to shoot it at us uh, at YCA underscore podcast, and we'll be happy to uh, dive into some of those questions. So, all right, guys, we're going to wrap this thing up. Last little second, few seconds here, anything. G-Rap is not power. (laughs) I love it. I'm getting, can we put that on our shirts? Yeah. G-Rap is not power. Hashtag G-Rap is not power. Coach Davis, you got anything? Good luck to y'all. This this week, yeah, Thanks, playoffs. Man. Good playoffs. luck. Good luck to all our boys. Good luck to Coach Trick at Somerville, Coach Beckett, uh, Lamar, and Fox and Fast. Fox Fast, baby. HBO. Yeah. All right. Well, again, so we'll wrap this up. That is our final segment, our little overtime, the final drive, and that is all we got for you. All right, that's all we've got for today's episode of the YCA Podcast. Thanks for listening, and make sure you go to Spotify and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to check us out on Twitter at YCA underscore podcast. Follow, like, retweet, and share the YCA Podcast, and feel free to send questions or content ideas you'd like to be covered in the future. Thanks again for listening. This is Cam Willis signing off. Until next time, see you.